The race for the next mayor of Chicago, that is officially on. Voters will elect the city's next mayor at the end of February, less than three months away. And mayoral hopefuls had until yesterday to file their petitions to run. So we are mapping out the path to Election Day with WBEZ city government reporter Mariah Wolfel, who joins us in studio. Hey, Mariah. Hey, thanks for having me. Also here, Heather Sharon, a political reporter for WTTW. Welcome back, Heather. Hello, hello. So let's get caught up. Heather, who filed to run for mayor by yesterday's deadline? Well, we have nine major candidates and two other candidates. Um, Lori Lightfoot is seeking to become the first woman to be re-elected Chicago mayor. Mm -hmm. We also have Jesus Chuy Garcia, who wants to leave Congress to become Chicago's mayor. And we have Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson, Alderman Sophia King, Alderman Roderick Sawyer, Paul Vallis, Willie Wilson, wow. and Jamal Green. So, so we 11 in total. 11 in total. <laughs> what does filing actually entail, Mariah? What do we mean when we say that? For mayor, you have to go out into the communities, collect 12,500 valid signatures. And so signatures can't be repeated. Constituents can't sign two of the same signatures for, for mayoral candidates, um, turn in those signatures, and then face and tests challenges by your political opponents um, to make sure that those are valid valid voters, valid signatures. Um, on top of that, uh, aldermanic candidates have to get 473 signatures to get on on the ballot. I and you see. also have to file economic interest statements to show how running for mayor, why, there, what conflicts of interest you might have. So other candidates can contest their petitions? And that's the phase that we're heading into now. <laughs> ah, <laughs> sounds like fun. So will all of these candidates end up on our ballots in February, Heather? I would be surprised. So the rule of thumb is that you want to come in to file with at least three times the number of signatures required. Because out of every three signatures really only one is going to be from a registered Chicago voter who has clearly identified their name, their address, and can be sort of checked against the rolls. So I think that the right now people are not only scrutinizing the mayor's petitions, but also people like Cam Buckner, who came in with about 24,000 signatures, which is a little light. Yeah. I think we're also going to see people try to get Roderick Sawyer off the ballot because he declined to tell reporters how many signatures that he filed with. And that's typically not a great sign. So um, they are on the bubble. But people like Garcia, Lightfoot, Wilson are probably okay because they came in with more than 40,000 signatures. And yeah. that is typically sort of the maybe it's not worth the time and the effort to go through those because even if you kick out 20,000, you're still going to make the ballot. Mm -hmm. Well, here's something I'm, I'm curious about. As we mentioned, several of these uh, candidates, they filed just yesterday, which was the last possible day. What do candidates have to gain from filing earlier or filing well, later? There's really two things. So one, there's a lottery that happens in the last hour of filing. So the filing deadline was at 5 p.m. yesterday. If you were in line by 4 p.m., you got a ticket to enter into a lottery to be the last name on the ballot. So candidates often fight for the first spot or the last spot, hoping that if, if you, particularly if you have lower name recognition or if a voter isn't as engaged, they'll just pick the first or the last person on the list. Okay. Um, so a ballot order is important. Right. Maybe. And then maybe, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it depends. And then there's also this idea that the later you file, the less time your opponents have to challenge your signatures. Petitions 
challenges are due, you know, within about a week. Um, December 5th. December 5th. And so, um, you know, if you file at 4 p.m. on November 28th versus the first day of filing a week prior, then that gives your political opponents one week less to challenge your petition. Well, Mayor Lightfoot doesn't seem at all concerned about where her name lands on the ballot. Apparently, she said, quote, they know who I am. Yeah, that's, that's what she said. But she really defied the political wisdom by filing in the way that she did. So we were all set assuming that she was going to file with Garcia in that 4 p.m. hour to get on that last spot ballot. She didn't. She filed at 9 a.m. And that meant that she will likely be seventh on the ballot because mm-hmm. six people filed as soon as they could on the first day of filing, and they will all be in that lottery for that first ballot position. So now her idea was is that I don't need any more name recognition, and that is really what can help somebody who's in the first or the last place. Mm-hmm. However, every other incumbent mayor in modern political history in Chicago has shown up at 9 a.m., with an overwhelming number of petitions. Rahm Emanuel did it that way. Richard M. Daley did it that way. Richard J. Daley did it that way. Lightfoot turned in about 40,000 signatures. Wow. Willie Wilson turned in 60,000 signatures. Jesus Chuy Garcia turned in somewhere in the neighborhood of 48,000 signatures, So, which means she's really in the middle of the pack. So petition filing is one of those sort of dog and pony shows where you flex your political muscle, you've got your supporters, you've got signs. And if Lightfoot, who has faced a lot of questions about whether she will be reelected, meant to use this filing as sort of a demonstration of her power, I don't think that she achieved that. Yeah. Mariah, Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson has this endorsement that we've talked about from the Chicago Teachers Union. How is his campaign shaping up? Well, I think uh, Brandon Johnson, the the endorsement from the Chicago Teachers Union in, helped to shoot him to the to the front of the pack. You yeah. know, if if you're looking at some of the major candidates, he's definitely one of the major candidates. I think Heather's counting, you know, in the nine. Um, and the CTU endorsement, it, it is not it is not everything, but it comes with yeah. um, feet on the ground to knock on doors to get voters. It comes with uh, money. It comes with donations, and it comes with support from allied organizations like SEIU, which yeah. we, uh, which came out and supported Brandon Johnson. And so I think when you look at who has gotten some of the most major endorsements and backing in this race, Brandon Johnson is definitely up there. He's claiming he is the progressive candidate, the progressive choice in the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus Chuy Garcia is obviously going to challenge that characterization, um, but that's c- kind of where he stands right now. I see. And uh, Heather, Alderman Ray Lopez dropped out of the race recently. He was citing concerns about splitting the vote. So what happens if no one gets a majority vote in the race for mayor. Um, I think it is probably likely that with nine major candidates on the ballot, nobody will get a majority on February 28th, which means the top two candidates will go to a runoff on April 4th. And I want to touch briefly, Mariah, on the rest of city council, right? Because there are at least 11 open seats Going into this election. So those candidates had to file by yesterday as well, right? Yeah. Aldermanic candidates had to file by yesterday. And the big news yesterday was that we were all looking for was that Alderman Edward Burke is going to end his 53-year run Mm -hmm. in city council. He has ran for re-election every single election since 1969. He is the longest-serving alderman 
um, in the council currently. Of course, he is under indictment and facing a federal corruption trial, which is set to begin late next year. And he uh, was also facing two other challengers who are eyeing his ward, which Mm -hmm. had been reshaped in the remap uh, last year to, you know, kind of pull away some of Burke's support. So he had multiple factors working against him and quietly decided not to file his petition. Very interesting. Well, before we go, as I said, we've got just under three months until Election Day. It's on February 28th. What are you watching for in the coming weeks, Mariah? I think I'm watching for how the mayor's race is going to shape up, how voters are going to interpret um, Brandon Johnson and Chewy Garcia as opponents on the progressive mm-hmm. side. Um, I think, uh, you know, seeing seeing how Lightfoot responds to that and seeing, you know, how who's going to be the favorite among more conservative um, choices on the ballot like uh, Paul Vallis, like Willie Wilson. Um, yeah. So we'll see how that shapes up. What about you, Heather? So I think Mariah is right. I think what, you know, Brandon Johnson hoped to come into this part of the race as the really sort of clear choice for progressive voters in Chicago. And the organizations that have backed him have been really working for the better part of the year to make to make him the sole option for progressive voters. That did not happen yeah. with Jesus Chuy Garcia's decision to enter into the race. And that means that progressives in Chicago are going to face real tests about who they want to represent them going forward. Mm-hmm. Heather Sharon's a politics reporter at WTTW and Mariah Wolfel covers city government for us here at WBEZ. Thank you both. Thank you. Thanks.